and welcome back to the Fitness Fee podcast. Uh, today is a bit of a different uh, podcast from what I normally do. Um, this is something that's very close to my heart, um, something that I have talked about um, in the past, and it's about breast cancer. Um, as most of you will know, I am a breast cancer survivor myself. Um, I went through breast cancer and all the treatment, chemo, resectomy, reconstruction, etc. a couple of years ago. Um, and as a result of me sharing my journey on social media, uh, in particular um, Instagram, I've always been very open about what I've been through and talking about cancer and breast cancer and the, bringing the awareness to it. Um, that I do get a, a lot of people, women, obviously, um, contacting me and talking to me about their experiences, what they're going through, um, whether it's themselves or loved ones. Um, and recently I got chatting to a lady called Holly and she's here today joining me and we're just going to have a little bit of a chat about her experience and my experience, obviously, she's not as far down the line as I am. Um, and just looking at it from a positive angle and also like the fitness side of it, because we're both in the fitness industry um, as our career. So we're going to have a chat about that. And I'm going to say hello, Holly. Well, hello. That was a brilliant little intro and understanding of you. I love that. <laughs> I can't be so concise. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, obviously, we got chatting. I think you contacted me on Instagram, didn't you? Yes. Um, well, I remember, well, we did um, a brilliant coaching program together. And I remember you then thinking, oh, my gosh. Did she oh, AFM. Really brilliant. brilliant. Yes. And I thought, oh, if there's something I want to aspire to, it's to be sort of like that. And I sort of always had that in the back of my mind anyway. And I finished the coaching program and, um, you know, went on to do what I do in my fitness industry. So I, I am a personal trainer as well. And I've got a gym at my home. It's a private studio. So I run one to one sessions. But I also was doing online coaching, which is where I sort of first heard of you. And then um getting on really well I think I was feeling like the fittest and healthiest of my life I'd say I was feeling really good and um oh something sort of re returned in my breast this sort of feeling of of pain and a little bit of swelling and it was niggling and I think for a few months it was there in the back of my mind and and you can you know I do my own workouts and there's a lot of moves that you can do press up for one or even somewhere I'm on the floor I could feel something and it wasn't right so <clears throat> I went to the doctors obviously got checked out went to the hospital and it turned out it was it was uh, stage two breast cancer um and I think you're sort of in a bit of shock and I had a lot of time to myself and I was still trying to well still working at that time in this sort of this period of time from diagnosis to sort of then what's the next step stage and um I came across you and you'd sort of put this reel out there um about your journey and I think at that point I was feeling really I was feeling really lonely because you know you're in that point where you think I'm so I'm just 40 I'm a personal trainer and I you know sort of weight train five times a week I do my cardio run I eat really well why is this happening and then I saw this come up on your feed and I was like oh my goodness and it sort of gave me that little bit of hope and 
immediately I contacted you (laughs) (laughs) and you sent me the most wonderful message back and it was like you know I'll talk to you if you want Want, do you want to chat kind of thing and it was like at first I wasn't sure because I wasn't sure what was going on and you do feel a bit I don't should I talk to people do I want to know what what happens yeah there there is an element of that isn't there so if you let's just put it into a bit of a time frame so you when did you like get diagnosed that it's very quite recently though yeah so it was probably August I remember it was the summer holiday so we had we had two weeks just come back from our holiday in Wales which is awesome and I just had it to go to the hospital and uh, just thought it was going to be, you know, routine because I had been told on several occasions, even a year ago, that don't worry, because of your age, it's probably hormonal or it's probably yeah. a fist. You know, I was told exactly the same thing mm-hmm. by my GP. He just said, I felt many breasts in my life. Yes. <laughs> he actually said that to me. I was like, <laughs> okay. And he's like, yes, it doesn't feel cancerous to me. I was like, okay, but we'll get it checked out. I was like, like yes, yes, you will, because they cannot tell you 100%. No, he had no idea. How like a doctor can get away with saying like that is just something right. that just is beyond. Believe, yes. I think sometimes I know when yeah. you when you sort of talk about it and you return to it it does it it sort of makes you a little bit angry so I try not to go back to that moment but I think this is the good part where we can talk about this and and say if you're feeling something and it's different you get it seen you get it seen to if it's different you know you have your, your breasts at a baseline don't you and yeah. yeah we'll come back to this I guess in the conversation but you know what they feel like and then if something is different don't hesitate you know and don't let someone tell you well I think it's all right because think isn't good enough no um, I mean like I, I mean I fully admit that I never used to check before so I mean mine was like just a randomness that I was I don't know that I've just happened to in the shower that night yeah. and just having a wash and that was when I felt it so before that I was like a hundred percent guilty of yeah. not doing the like checking my breasts every yeah. month uh, and I really promote that now because because it is so important isn't it like and it's not always a lump though it, it could be like you said you had swelling it was a change of shape it you know it, there are lots of different symptoms for exactly. you know having breast cancer not just finding a lump yeah it, uh, totally and I think you know it might feel it might feel random that you've sort of checked it but it's almost like yeah you 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 noticed it and you acted on it and that's the important thing and that's why yeah you sort of <laughs> you get to this stage and uh, nothing can prepare you from being dropped off at the hospital with your husband in the car and the kids in the car and I'm like oh I'll be done in half an hour and uh, I popped into the hospital I didn't leave for two hours and I had to phone him as well saying, oh, you know, uh, just to take them to the park. And um, yeah, so you you go through, you see, a, you see a doctor and they have a feel around. And even at that point, I think it's just a cyst because of your age. And then I went in for a mammogram and they called me back to have a magnification on it, which I didn't realise was because they'd found something because I was just so unaware and I didn't realise. So I don't want to frighten anybody at all because you shouldn't be frightened because you're in the best place. Um, and then I went in for an ultrasound and that's where the um, 
they told me then because she the lady said to me do you want me to tell you I'm going to put in my report or would you do you want to wait a week <laughs> obviously <laughs> yeah, <I'll wait>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and she said yeah you know it's it's not breast tissue and it looks like breast cancer so you know I was floored you know I was planning my funeral in my head and you're yeah, no you do go through that and I know it's I mean that's often things that you know I've had women contact me because they've found something unusual or something has changed and they've gone to the doctor and they contact me while they're waiting and they don't know and obviously it's kind of that worst scenario sort of thing and and while you know you don't want to scare anybody into not doing it you being prepared helps and it's not always going to be breast cancer you know there are like cysts and other and you know abnormal cells that can occur so there is always that chance that it's not going to be, yes. but it's better to know than ignore yeah. it because if you ignore it, then the chances of it causing more problems and spreading to other parts of the body it yes. is just going to be far greater than if you action it as soon as possible. I mean, if I'd ignored mine, I mean, I acted on mine instantly and I, I was stage three. Um, with with another two lumps because one that was was small if I'd ignored that you know you you just well it's not even worth thinking you don't about, even it? want to think um, about it. so it is better while it is scary and 100% it is scary because it it's cancer all cancer is um, it's better to do something than not do it absolutely and you know you're, you're... I'm so happy that you did that because it is you just have to act on your instincts and you're not wasting the NHS's time. You are doing something for you. Um, and if it is something, if it is a lump that's perhaps a grade, um, sorry, a stage one, so many uh, grades and stages, but mm. it can be sorted out really, really easily. It's a real, real quick procedure. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that, yes, it is initially scary. It's, it's quite nice to change this narrative. I know not everybody has the same outcome and there are loads of different types out there, but I think, you know, important for your kids and my kids is, is you know, they've seen you come back from this, actually, you know, completely smashing it, to be honest. And actually it's changing that narrative when someone says you've got cancer. It's like, okay, well, what's the next step? And rather yeah. than being like we were young, being terrified of, of that outcome, but well, it, it was terrified of the unknown, wasn't it, really? Yeah. It was because it wasn't really talked about. And that was one of the big yeah. things for me when I was diagnosed with cancer, that I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to, you know, explain to my children in the best possible way that I could um, that they could cope and deal with it, um, but also not hide it from them because mm-hmm. I didn't want them to be like afraid of it, I suppose, that, you know, that we were doing you know, that I was getting treatment that was the best possible for me to help me um, fight cancer as best as I could. And I think that that for me was more important than anything mm-hmm. uh, for, rather than like, you know, hiding it under the, the carpet and just pretending that it wasn't really mm. happening. And you can't. And, you know, they're, you know, in the future, medicine and technologies will be completely different but it's important for them to know especially what's going on with you and at home and it's a real hard thing to address as well you know it's really traumatic when you have to tell but I think you know when they're young or whatever age of you know children the children of, of, of 
women who have breast cancer or any kind of cancer are it's important to talk about it in the right way and I think we talked about it really simply with them and it wasn't anything um complicated and I don't even think I use the word chemotherapy I think I just call it medicine um really strong medicine (laughs) and talked about you know the possibility of wigs and headbands and they're like super excited about that for some reason although my youngest daughter did say mummy if your hair falls out for my party can you please wear a wig yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay darling oh or maybe just a nice headband and um, you can choose it kind of thing but just involving them in it you know I'm not obviously there yet at this stage you know I, I was diagnosed and I do have to have further treatment because um of certain aspects of it um and it's not happening. It's not there yet. I'm not there yet. So it's uh, for me. I'm in this. I'm in this ignorance. Yeah, you're in the, <laughs> in the lull before yes. before it hits you. Yeah. yeah so obviously it, you've got the the fitness um, career background as well. Then how do you find that that has has that helped you? Do you think? Because I mean, I was in a very similar position as you. I was actually. I have to admit, in all my my years, um, that before when I was actually diagnosed with breast cancer I was probably the fittest that I'd ever been I I like I wasn't smoking because I in my younger days even though I was a fitness instructor and I was was a a hardcore (laughs) smoker as well so it was the first time in my life that I wasn't smoking and uh, I wasn't obviously like out on the lash every weekend um Mm-hmm. And I was like, had a healthy, balanced diet, and I was really fit. And then, mm-hmm. then you're like handed this card of, oh, by the way, you've got breast cancer. Yes, thank you very much. And that, <laughs> I know <laughs> exactly the same. And I think perhaps that's when you notice differences in your body. But it was it was really tough in the beginning, I have to say, because you know, like you, 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 I'm running my own business. I have a family and life is busy and full and I love my life. And all of a sudden, you know, this, this week in between where you're waiting for the final diagnosis is really hard and you don't know what the future looks like. And looking toward the future was the hardest thing, but you know, like we chatted about before it is, you can't control this. So it is literally one day at a time. And actually I really related that back to some of the things that I talk about with the people I work with, with the women I work with. It's don't look at this end goal because you're never going to, it's going to frighten you. It's going to overwhelm you. You need to break everything down. So you try and, I tried to do that in the first week, it's a lot harder. And um, I think it was a lot more of of talking about things, making sure I was eating correctly because when you're quite nervous and anxious, I don't think I was eating very, very well. And it. I think if anyone else is in that position, it's make sure you've got a great support network and you've got someone who can make sure you're eating properly, make sure that your family is okay and distract you, I think is the is the good thing. But talking about it was important, seeing my friends um, and actually work. I still work was working at that point. So it was really nice because my clients are so amazing. They're just the, the most fantastic bunch of women the women I work with face-to-face and online and I couldn't ask for you know a better surrounding of females so that is huge in my um you know ongoing path toward this and I was still working at that point now I'm still doing um some online coaching and actually that's really great because I can st- I'm, I'm, you know I'm still working functioning person at the moment not sure what chemo brain does but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure 
Um, but yeah, I think work really helps. And actually speaking to some of the nurses at the hospital, they said a lot, a lot of women have to, you know, a lot of women work all the way through because they just need that focus. And focus is so important. You, you've got your end goal, breaking things down, whether it's week by week, month by month. What do you want to, you know, if there are some things to do within this time, like for me, <laughs> I've got birthdays and Christmas to sort out personally. Yeah. But also I still have my online clients, so I've still got that to focus on as well, which is great. And actually, yeah, I don't know how you felt about getting back in the gym, but I did have a bit of a, a pause, I'd have to say. I didn't um, actually used to go to the gym at the time. I was about to, when I got diagnosed, I was literally about to start a new job the Monday. Oh, yes. I got diagnosed on the Friday, yeah. So that was a bit of a blow. I did actually start, but I... um. I did start and I did go to work, uh, but when I started chemo, I did stop because of the environment that I was in as well was a swimming pool. And it's like, it just made my job quite hard or it would have mm -hmm. been. And so I, I did actually stop working. Um, but yeah, there are lots of women that, that work because they don't have any choice. Some people. Yes, exactly. You, know, you can't afford to take that amount of time off. I mean, I know you. We were just talked about it. I mean, um, a minute ago about the fact that you're going to be doing six cycles of chemo, mm -hmm. um, which was what was planned for me as well. Which is like every three weeks. Um, so it is a big chunk of time, at like you know, that you have to take out of your um out of your working life. And you know, you're very lucky that you can do it online. You could probably do that, you know, as much as you can when. Mm -hmm. um, once you start your chemo it's the working face-to-face -face that's that's difficult yes um, so for me at the time the fitness side of it I um I didn't actually go to a physical gym I used to have my stuff in my garage like, mm -hmm. so I could do that um and for me I think I really got into like running because it was yeah. free didn't cost me anything I could do it whenever I wanted to and I could do as little or as much as I want, depending on how I felt. And this was another reason why I contacted you, because I saw there was just one part of your post that said, oh, just run 8K or something whilst having chemo. I was like, who is this woman? <laughs> yeah, that was, I did a 10K race. And that was, that was actually, I did it on my birthday. Um, yeah, I did it on my birthday. It was September the 10th. And I, that was, I'd just done um a cycle previously uh, yeah so I'd had treatment like two days before or something I think and then I did a my first 10k that was I don't know what I was thinking clearly <laughs> I had like chemo brain when I like decided to enter for it because I was like on another planet I must have been <laughs> um yeah so yeah the running I, I just did it because because I could and because it was, for me, it was a massive thing that I had control over. Because mm -hmm. once you start going to the hospital for treatment and stuff, it's like, it becomes so all-consuming of your life. It's like, you know, you have to go for bloods before you have chemo. You have to wait for the results for that, for them to say, yes, your bloods are okay, you can have chemo. And then you've got to go in on your chemo day, and then you've got to come out, and then you've got like a a drug regime that you have to take like in X amount of days past having your treatment. And then again, it's that, how are you feeling every, like every day up and leading up to the next treatment? And then again, you go back into that cycle of having your blood, you know, so you're always got this constant, like 
been yes. somewhere at a certain time and you don't have control over that. So for me, the running was if I felt okay, I could go out and I could do that. And I was outside in the fresh air. Um, you know, even if it meant that I walked it, it was just it, for me, it was doing something rather than not doing anything. Yeah, t I totally see that. And yeah, I want to be on that planet you were on for sure. <laughs> what a spaced out one. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's, I think I'm going to try and do that where I can. I have been, in, I have been back in the gym. Um, I, because like you, I, well, I had, um, it wasn't a mistake to me. I had a, um, it's called a, a therapeutic mammoplasty. So where I had to look that up just to make sure I'd pronounced it right. I might not, <laughs> which is basically because the, the cancer was quite large in my left breast. They had to um, operate and take most of that and the areola complex, they call it the nipple. And um, because that was quite a, a big chunk, um, they sorted out the other one. So they, they did a reduction and a lift on my other one. So a little bit of a benefit on the other side, but um yeah, so that took so a you while. You kind of had like a, like a lumpectomy and like almost yeah. like some uh, part reconstruction at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so they did it all at once, which was brilliant. And um, recovery for that was probably three weeks. And I, I avoided going in my gym. And um, I don't know why, actually. I, I just thought that I wouldn't be able to do it. My movement was a little bit restricted. And I think I just was putting it off. I just kept putting it off. And it's that like, as you and I know, you get this... Um, mentality where I think something has to be perfect and I've never really been like that and for some reason I thought the time has to be right I have to be feeling great and I really wanted to wait till it was perfect but as you and I both know there's never a perfect time you just go and give it a go and yeah. one day I did I just went in there and I was wearing my normal sort of clothes I thought well I'm just going to do my warm-up my exercises that um you know my uh, they give you at the hospital to do as my warm-up I'm going to give some dumbbells a go. I'm going to do a shoulder press and I'm going to do a, you know, a bicep curl. I'm going to do this sort of upper body. And before I knew it, I was doing two sets of this, of an upper body thing. And I thought, oh my goodness, I feel fine. And yeah. um, I think you just, you sort of procrastinate and put it off because you want something to be perfect and it's not. But it, yeah, after I did that, that was sort of a release really. I felt that I need to keep up with this and I need to get back on it. I need to plan when I'm yeah, I think it's quite easy to get into the mindset of like you put limitations on yourself because you're because you're scared, aren't you? Really, because you're scared. Like, am I going to hurt myself? What yes. you know, you don't really know like what's gone on internally. You know, and it, there's all those beliefs that you put on yourself when actually, like you say, if you just go in with the even with the intention of like, okay, I'm just going to go and do a warm up. That's yeah. it. You know, and like not set the bar too high. Just go. I'm just going to go. Like, I'm just going to go for like a 10 minute walk around the block. And Absolutely. then probably once you're out there, you're like, oh, okay, I can probably do more than 10 minutes or I can probably do a bit more than a warm up. It's like, you know, it's just like pushing that that envelope just a little bit more, but without setting the limit, you know, you're setting the bar too high and your expect expectations yeah. too much. Yeah. And like, and like you with running and where I'd love to be with running is when on those days where you thought, right, I feel okay. I'm just going to go out. It doesn't matter how far you go, whether it's, once around the block like you say a cat 1k or it might be a on these days where you're feeling a little bit crazy but yeah. it's it's just that kind of just 
when you feel when it feels right do it but it doesn't have to be perfect and the expectations I don't like saying like lower your expectations but they they shouldn't be as high as they were because you are you've had well I think it's just making them realistic isn't it you can just say rather than uh, saying lower them but it is lowering them and there's nothing wrong with that because you I mean you're just gonna you're gonna more likely do it Yes, like you set them too high because then you become overwhelmed by them because then you're like, well, I'm not going to do it. So there's no point in even trying. Exactly. And if you've been through, if you're going through this or if you're you're about to or you've been through this, you know what it is actually. It's quite traumatic. I think you, you sort of I'm talking about this now and it's sort of coming back and it probably is for you. But when they tell you it's traumatic. That's the sort of that's the stress and anxiety, but you sort of suppress. I have suppressed mine because of the children, and I just think I don't want them to see me like that. I would, I just need to just try and carry on, mm-hmm. you know, the proper British stiff upper lip. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Carry on. Once you get into the thing that I found was like, especially with the the I did my treatment the other way around to you, so I had yes. chemo first. Um, because you then it because it becomes so all consuming and that you that's what your life is it's like everything else almost becomes on hold while this is the main focus of your life is getting rid of the cancer and the treatment that you're on um it's very um it's very easy to fall into that trap and it does happen i don't even think it is a a traps maybe the wrong word to say but it is a trauma that you're going through and so you do suppress your emotions and it's usually when you come out the other end and they say to you, well, that's it, you're fine, you're, you've are you got the old clear, we don't need to see you anymore, then it, it's almost like somebody pulls a safety blanket away from you <sighs> because you're like, a feeling. well, what happens now, though? But what happens if, how do you actually know that you've got rid of the cancer? Because yeah. I can remember that, like, because I'm coming up now to um, this year, so uh, this month is five years ago I had my mastectomy. Wow, five oh, years ago. Oh I can't gosh. believe it five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago, I had my mastectomy, um, November. Um, and then it was a few weeks after that that they gave me the all clear. Um, mm. So I'm coming up to my five years, I think the end of this month, beginning of December, after they got the results from the breast that they removed. Um, and you do kind of forget that. You get obviously get that elation of like, you know, this, like, this is great. This is like, there's no more, they're saying that there's no more cancer. But then on the other side of the coin, you have that self-doubt of like, well, hang on a minute. Mm-hmm. How do you actually know? percent <laughs> yes. sure. Like, because I never had it. I never went for any like scans. Some women get the full scans, like the full uh, MRI scans. So they scan, basically scan the whole body for any sign of cancer anywhere at all. I never had that, was never offered it. Um so you get that self-doubt where you're like, well, how do you actually know? Because mm-hmm. like, okay, I feel all right now. Yes, I know I've been through like treatment and surgeries and stuff. Um, my body isn't the same. But once the drugs of the chemo have left your body, which that's what makes you feel ill. When yeah. I first got diagnosed with cancer, and I'm sure it was the same with you, you probably didn't feel any different from what you did five minutes before they actually told you you felt the same like nothing had physically changed because you didn't actually feel ill so when they're saying to you yeah that's it it's fine we don't need to see you anymore (laughs) you're like well hang on a minute uh (laughs) so it is a really true and that's when i think it kind of like starts to hit you with the trauma and 
the fact yeah. that you might not have dealt with your emotions while you were going through the treatment because you were just like going, okay, I've got to do this one, tick this one off. Right now yeah. we're into like cycle two, tick that one. How am I feeling now? And feeling a bit worse, you know. So it's you know it's a very difficult yes period to go through. And when I I did that video with Brandon recently. Um, and he did like a little interview. That was the first time I'd kind of spoken to anybody about it face to face. Um, and he he kind of mentioned like, how do you feel like, you know, that moment of euphoria when you're like, yeah, you've got over it. You know, you must be like, felt like on top of the world. I said, you do. I said, but you never really truly, I don't think ever get over it. No. You've always got that in the back of your mind of, am I going to get secondary cancer? is it going to come back, but am I going to get it somewhere else? Or And that never goes away. And until you're a person that can stand in your shoes and experience cancer, you don't know how that feels, which is why I like to talk about it, because then I know people like you that reach out and go, oh, my God, you just, you know how I feel. It's yeah. great having a support network, you yeah. know, partners and, and you know, family and, and everybody else. But unless they've actually been in those shoes, it's very difficult for them to understand your feelings and the process that you're going through. Sorry, I waffled like no, but, no, but you are completely <laughs> right. But this is why I contacted you because it is, it is, this is another phase of it, isn't it? And it's another phase that is going to it, it, well, it changes you a little bit and it changes the way well you know but there are good parts of it because it changes the way you live doesn't it and I, I already think now oh you know why was I growing my hair for the last three years why don't I just get that lovely little cut you know it's really random things there was this moment I, <laughs> I oh it sounds so selfish and really really shallow but it was just a, a brief moment I've got this really nice Jo Malone perfume that my mum oh, bought nice. me for my 40th. And I never use I use it when I go out somewhere nice. <laughs> we sat there, not used on my dressing table. And I remember thinking, I haven't even used my perfume. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like I'm just going to do more things yeah. that I love and we love. And, you know, don't say no. And just really, not it's YOLO, but, you know, like, live for that day and I think because we have this we know possibly what it's like to be told that this might come to an end yeah well we think that sorry that's what I heard that wasn't what they told me but I know no but it's the first thing that goes through your head because you're like that I mean exactly the same with me it was I was like you know okay well what are you telling me that I could die you know I, I could like I might not be here to see my kids grow up. You know, that was like the first thing that went through my mind because yeah. that's what you you imagine when they say to you, you automatically think of the worst case scenario when they say to you, you've got cancer. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? I mean, that's that's what, you know, and it does happen for a lot of people. Unfortunately, it doesn't always end up that you that you get through it, you beat it or whatever, yeah. how, whatever way you want to word it. There are people, unfortunately, that, don't make it and and unfortunately do die um yeah. so you do think that and I, I totally agree with you my I actually think cancer has changed me but some people say to me that I was I was always a positive person before I don't think I was ever as positive as I have been since yes I definitely look at life differently and it is that 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 yeah. Joe Malone perfume is a perfect example because yeah. like 
what are you saving it for? Why? It's like I've got it on now, Fee. I'm I'm wearing jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like like, you know, if there's something that you want to do and you can afford to do it and you can do it go and do it don't like say right I'm gonna wait till I'm 50 to I don't know trek around the Himalayas or whatever if you can do it now go and do it you might not be here then to enjoy it it's just I just think that has definitely changed changed me because you because there are there are you know not every outcome is a is a good outcome and you and I think that's what I keep have keep going back to each time I think you know I'm going through this treatment and I start to feel a bit you know annoyed about it and I start to feel upset about it and then think about all the things I'm missing but then I think for God's sake pull yourself together you know yes it is hard yes it is traumatic but I'm in good shape um you've got an amazing family who are understanding I've got a great uh support network my friends have been out this world my family have been as well you know like people like you who are were strangers have just been you know really brilliant source of positivity for me but and it gives you hope and then you think there is hope I've got medicine that I can take I've got hormone therapies that I can take not everybody can take that Mm. um and there is hope for me and it is treatable and curable for me um so you know I that is my my circumstance and I just have to look at it and be incredibly positive and like you I honestly think when I get to your five-year point (laughs) it's uh it's just gonna be the best and I yeah I'm just super pleased for you I think that's incredible um and yes I'm I'm definitely glass half full all the time (laughs) yeah annoyingly I think but it's you have to be otherwise you just get you just yeah yeah it is hard it's hard to do at times because you will get and and, you know and I know that you haven't done the chemo train yet um it's not it's not nice at all (laughs) you know if whatever way you look at it um it is a tough path to tread but you know like you say if you can just my motto was like try to find one positive in the day every day just something and I mean there were plenty of days when I felt awful um I mean I I uh, I only did four cycles because I got a serious uh wound infection uh from my um Oh, your um, um, my senatal uh, node removal that I had initially before uh, at the beginning of my uh, treatment, uh, the wound opened up. Um, I oh, well, no, it didn't. They opened it up. I had a cyst behind it, uh, behind the scar tissue, which delayed my chemo. So I never went past four. But that was that period of time. I spent five days in hospital. I was I was absolutely at my lowest of low because I was in so much pain um, with it. Because like there was there was a limit on that they were trying to get meds into me, which obviously they couldn't because of my veins were collapsing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it was just horrific. And, you know, at that time, you do at your lowest point do you think yeah you just think I can't I can't really get any worse than this this is like awful I can't can't do anything I can't be there for my kids and that's that's the really tough times um so you just have to focus okay thinking like this this is just now for a period of time that's it it's not always going to be like this that it I can't see the end of the tunnel right now 
But if I can just focus on one positive, then that will just get you through to that, you know, to take that next step to, to getting better. And you've got like, you know, we're very lucky here in the UK that we have the NHS uh, and this treatment is available to us. Yes. That's the same for everybody around the world. You know, yes. I know other women that from different parts of the world that I don't have that treatment. They have to go down the private route or what is offered to them in the public sector isn't anywhere near as good as the level that we get offered. Mm-hmm. So it, even if you can just be like grateful for that. So great. I can't believe I haven't even mentioned that so far, but the, yeah, that's the other thing about it, isn't it? Is that when we said earlier about not being frightened, you know, you, you are suddenly on this train, but you are with, oh gosh, the most intelligent, the most the specialized people in certainly where I am they are fantastic and they will do everything possible for you it's a personal thing it's not the same for everybody and yeah they are amazing you know from your consultants to your surgeons to your the nurses the breast care nurses but also the chemo nurses just everybody oh my goodness I can't explain how fantastic it all is and how lucky we are in the UK to have that Mm. um and yeah I I do feel very lucky um to have that around me and anyone who's in that position you know just you they are so amazing use them speak to them and yeah be be grateful for that if there's one positive like you say when you were in hospital five days that would have been absolutely horrible and it's so painful that lymph node um Bit. I found that the most painful thing out of all the surgery. Yeah, just go away. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a very, isn't it? It's like right in the armpit. I mean, right my, my armpit. scar is um, not the pretty, prettiest my scars are, but there you go. Uh, for sort of looking after myself mentally uh, and my brain, I found it quite difficult being on my own in the beginning and mm. processing thoughts and thinking about the future and you know like you say is what happens afterwards so I don't didn't go too far ahead of being on my own was quite difficult so uh, walking I found um has been really fantastic even though I can I can run now after my operation I'm back running I still make time for walking whether it's you know on my school run I might take the long uh sort of field route home um and I'll listen to a podcast. I find music evokes quite a lot of emotions at the moment still, but a podcast is so good and walking. I'm probably trying to average around 15 to 20,000 a day. And I know that is challenging for your average Joe, because we don't, but actually the more, the more things you do, like taking longer routes, walking to the shops, such a cliche, take the stairs, not the lift, but you all mounts all up, lights up, all lights up yeah, yeah. and does. you know we constantly tell the people that we work with to do this don't we must get your steps out but um there is something to be said about it not being just amazing for your body but your mind you know from for me mentally having being in the fresh air sun or rain actually I never wanted to walk in the rain ever but now I do you know I've got yeah. some etching waterproofs and I get out <laughs> yeah no such thing as bad weather is it? it's just not dressed in appropriately it's what exactly yeah. oh my god my husband says that that's so funny yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> proper gear but yeah that, that is I think find something in, 
whether it's cancer or not, if you if you're going through some kind of trauma or anxiety, it's finding something that can help you uh, face into it and address it in a way that's that's almost meditative. You know, I, I'm, I haven't got the concentration levels for meditation. Yeah. I have to say. I'll go no, off I don't. About no, but it's not for everybody, is it? I mean, if you if you no. can just simply find the thing that helps you at that time. Yes. then that's the thing that's going to be the most benefit for you, isn't it? So, you know, I think walking is great. I think it's a great way to obviously the health benefits, but like you say, the mental health side of it as well. I mean, some people get that from running, which is fine. Yeah. I now don't run. Um, <laughs> 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 no, I don't. I don't. I did the, um, I did the great North run. Oh, wow. Uh, breast cancer. Um, a couple of years after, um my treatment uh and I pretty much have not run since I think it does that to you though doesn't it because it's so hard and then you sort of come back and think right or I think it's the training that goes into it yeah no I did so much. I really loved running before that because I just used to do it because I enjoyed it yeah like, you know I did that 10k and I was like yeah this is really good I have to do this yeah I'll do a half marathon yeah I'll do that <laughs> And then I was like, oh, God, I've got to go out running again. I'm, so, I'm done. I just, yeah. It became a real chore then for me, which is it just took the enjoyment out of it. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I did enjoy doing the Great North Run. I mean, that was great, the atmosphere and everything. And just the fact that I suppose the achievement that I did it and I did yeah. a half. Um, but, yeah, that was it for me. Then I was like, nah. Don't don't need to run unless somebody's chasing me. Um, then it's not really necessary anymore. But that's that, and that is fine. You know, I think that, like you say, find what you enjoy. Don't make it hard. The minute you make something hard, you have to train for a half marathon. You're not going to do it. So yeah, for, and walking is walking is easy. Oh yeah, I love walking actually. I much prefer walking. I I love going out for long walks. Definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, we live in nice parts of the world, don't we? We but even like round cities, you know, that's so interesting. I remember training for a marathon. Oh God, when I was thirty, and it was around London, and it was it was just so distracting and lovely. And if you've got something on in your ear, you sort of. Yeah, you're you're taken away somewhere else in your in its in its great for de-stressing and and just well, it's brilliant for your health as well. So it's a double whammy. So yeah, I definitely advise anyone if they're going through any kind of traumatic experience or oh yeah, breast cancer or even just some some anxiety at home. You want to get out, just go for a walk. I think yeah. I'll, I'll make time for it now. I think even when I'm back to running the business. I might even get up at 6 a.m. You get these. No, I've not I'm not actually done that. That's been making it hard. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my coffee oh. at that time. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'm gonna say thank you very much for coming, Holly. And obviously it's sharing your experience of um breast cancer. Just um just thank you so much for obviously making other people aware of it. Um mm. and just you know, to don't forget to check yourself, whatever Absolutely. you do. Um, yeah. and I'm wishing you all the best for your uh, <laughs> chemo treatment, <laughs> chemo for um, Christmas, where your keepers posted <laughs> and how that's going. Um, yes, and thank you, thank you very much for you know coming along and openly discussing it because I know it's not easy. Um, mm. but thank it's... you very much for having me and listening. You know, it's it's good just to have a a chat with someone who knows all about it. But I really appreciate it. Thank you. 
Hey, welcome. You're welcome. Um, I will uh, tag you in the end of the podcast with your um, Instagram, if you want to just let everybody know where they can find you. I had to write it down because uh, they're completely different. Instagram is east.fit.pt because my name is East Fit. Um, so that's on Instagram, but on Facebook, it's just East Fit PT. Okay, I shall take you in that. So thank you very much for coming. Thank you, Fee. Bye. Bye.